Boom, shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on how to become data rich and 10x your business with data. To drop these value bombs, I have brought AJ and Megan on the mic. They are a dynamic couple who are both business and adventure partners. They've scaled their business intelligence agency in life by being data-driven in everything they do. They run their business remotely, keep their bodies healthy, stay productive, and grow their relationship all while traveling the world and growing their own company 2x each year. In Fire Nation, we're going to be talking today all about what is data and why is being data-driven in your business, more important now than ever, how both small and big businesses can really leverage this stuff. We'll talk about the number one mistake that 90% of companies make when tracking revenue and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Simplify your search for the right software for your business with Captera. Quickly filter options, compare your top choices, and save your favorites. It's really that simple. Visit capterra.com slash fire to get started. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. The One Funnel Away Challenge from ClickFunnels supports you from day one through day 30 to help you get your funnel live in just 30 days. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel. That's eofire.com slash funnel. AJ, Megan, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourselves that most people don't know. Howdy, Fire Nation. This is AJ. Megan here. Uh, let's see. First thing about me um, that most people don't know is, first, I did not try coffee until I was like 31 years old. Wow. I uh, did not, I've uh, never smoked a cigarette and didn't drink till I was 21. He, he, he's a good kid. I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess what most people don't know about me is, yeah, I'm definitely the opposite of AJ. I've, I've so you started drinking when own. you were 12, you started smoking <laughs> when you were 14. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, but no, I've lived on my own since I was 15. I was raised by a single mom and at 15, I ended up moving from a small town in Orem, Utah to former East Germany. And so now I'm fluent in German and I've lived on my own ever since. Well, Fire Nation, I'm excited to bring both of these guys onto the mic because I have I've always been a data person. I've always been a numbers person. I love analytics. And these two rock the world when it comes to this stuff. As I share with you in the intro, today's audio masterclass is all about you, Fire Nation, becoming data rich and 10xing your business with data. So let's just dive in because we got a lot to cover today. I don't want to leave anything out. So let's start just by sharing what specifically is data. And of course, why should we be data driven? Yeah, so I'm going to, before we get too deep into this, I'm going to hope that most people didn't already tune out when they heard data because, you know, I'm sorry, what did you just say? I just totally (laughs) tuned out. (laughs) Um, Because data is simply information. I mean, too many people see it as ones and zeros or some sort of technology or math-based thing that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners just, they they don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. And yet, every single business owner, when we ask them, you know, do you want to be more informed or less informed? You know, it's a very, very simple answer and that you need more information because there's a, it's a competitive landscape right now and everybody's fighting for their prospects' attention. And if if somebody knows where those prospects are or who those prospects are, how to find them or what's the best way to attract them, obviously they're going to win 
every single time. So data is simply information. And the more you have, the better suited you will be. And it will give you the competitive advantage because nowadays <laughs> there's data everywhere. And so those those businesses that are using that to make decisions are always going to have that leg up. That's right. And we're here to, to, to let companies know, like, look, you have not every single business knows it, but you are a data business no matter what. And those, what we'd like to say is the, the companies that use data will have the, the, the competitive advantage over everybody else. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's literally just an edge up. You know, if yeah. you know more, data turns into information, right? And we're when, here to make it fun. We want to make it sexy. Like, even if you're somebody who failed math class, it can be fun and easy. You don't have to be com- complicated. You, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be complicated from the analysts and all the stuff you see on social webs and all the AI and all the predictive stuff. Like, don't worry about that. We're going to simplify it all right now. Yeah. Now, am I saying data wrong? Is this like a niche, a niche, Nobody niche type of thing? Is this like data, data? Like, are they interchangeable or am I just stupid? They're totally interchangeable. <laughs> it's more of like color, color. <laughs> I actually, I'm a big believer though that people should say GIF. Just because when you say GIF, I honestly always am thinking about Christmas gifts and I just don't know you're talking about emojis. Wow. The internet would slay you right now. I know. <laughs> but it's, it's, well, the internet's hearing me right now, and I stand by that. Jeff, Jeff, all day long. And Fire Nation, most of you listening right now are small businesses. You're solopreneurs, you're sidepreneurs, you're entrepreneurs. You're making things happen with a small team. However, we do also have large businesses that listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire. And I love the fact that we have such like a diverse audience base on that. So let's talk to both of these segments and share how both small businesses and large businesses can and should be using data to both grow and scale their companies. Yeah. And and you hit a good point because the, we work with companies that are, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in annual revenue all the way down to startups, right? And and we call it the data maturity spectrum because it doesn't matter what your annual revenues are. You could be a huge company and be extremely immature with your data. And that's just because you haven't put those systems in place. You haven't put the processing in place and you haven't taken action from the data that you do have. So no matter where you are on this uh, on the revenue cycle, you can always take action with your data. So what we like to do is when we first deal with companies, we we just ask them, you know, what kind of technologies are you using in your business? Because most companies are using anywhere from 20 separate technologies up to 50, right? You've got your CRM, your ESP, you've got all of your social media, you've got your ads, you've got all of these different aspects of the business that are all stored in typically siloed technologies or programs that you know, some of them integrate seamlessly, most of them do not. And then sometimes you're you're building your own integrations and really Frankensteining everything together, right? Um, so what we'd like to do first is really determine where are you on this spectrum? Number one, I'd say the most immature companies are the ones that don't have data. But nowadays, most systems are tracking things on the back end. And so there is a foundation of data no matter what. Even even our smartphones have millions and millions of rows of data based on where you've been, what you've done, right? And we call this stage data collection. Yep. Data collection is the the very first thing that you can do to become more data mature. Look at your systems and look at what kind of questions, what kind of business questions you're asking right now that you're not getting answers to. Because because most of the time you're not getting those answers because somewhere in the systems, it's not being tracked 
accurately. Megan, let me break in here for a second, just because I'm curious and I love specific examples. We don't have to get like specific with the names, but like with people you've worked with and maybe even in your own business, like what's an example of where that happened and like when you pointed it out to either yourself or your or the company, they're like, wow, we were really missing out here. We can do a, a technology example and then a client yeah. example. So cool. one, one great example that I think everybody will understand is let's look at Google Analytics. Google Analytics is a powerful, powerful, free platform, but 90 some percent of people do not use it correctly simply because of lack of know-how. Now, there's there's one aspect in, in one situation people say, hey, look, yeah, I've got GA installed, right? I've got the I've got the code on my pages, it was put in my WordPress or whatever, I'm good. So they set it and forget it. And they think it's working great. But there's this whole other level of setup with events, with triggers, with advanced e-commerce tracking. With revenue, like on goals, the back end, yeah. on the, all the goals, like this stuff needs to be set up the right way based on your funnels or based on your e-com store or whatever you're doing online that will help your data tell a story that will lead to dashboards that help make make sense. So we'll, we'll connect that stuff later. But the, 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 the misconception is if you set up GA just on the basic level that you're done and you don't have to touch it. Yeah. So that's a very simple example, even but even complex organizations like they'll come to us and, and the CEO or the CSO will be like, hey, I need to know this metric. And I've been asking my team for months and they will not give it to me. And in, in one case, we had a had a client tell us, like, I need to know exactly how many leads our marketing is bringing in and how many were they, they had both a marketing team and a sales organization. And they said, I want to know how many leads marketing is bringing in and then who they are being assigned to and which salespeople have the longest turnaround time in reaching out to Ooh. these marketing leads, right? And they were like, I have been telling my team to get this to me for months and I cannot get them to report on this. So we dig into the data and we're like, okay, so where where would we track where would we find that within the CRM, within the marketing? And sure enough, we start interviewing and looking through the CRM and a, a salesperson actually just walked by and was like, uh, we don't track that. There's no <laughs> custom field set up in the CRM that is a timestamp of when we actually reach out to them. We have notes, but it doesn't automatically assign a timestamp. Like, oh, so as you know, as as robust as their organization was, and they just assumed that this was tracking on the back end, they had not set up that custom field to assign a timestamp. You know, simple things like that stack up throughout the organization. Think about so there was a marketing example, here's a sales example. Think about inventory, think about operations, exactly. things that think about project management. Like there are so many holes in tracking when we start working with companies and it's not out of lack of trying. It's just that they haven't necessarily articulated what those business goals are, what questions they're asking of their teams and written it down and turned those into actual KPIs and then reverse engineered those KPIs into the source data where if I were to look this up manually right now, where would I pull that up? And if you can't pull it up manually, there's no system on the planet that can go and create data from scratch, right? You have to set up your tools properly to track and collect that data. So that's all just like foundational. That is juvenile on the spectrum. And once that data is tracking, the next logical thing is then taking that and turning it into those actionable KPIs. Now, most businesses, no matter what scale they're at, their next logical step is, well, I'm just going to do this in Excel or Google Sheets. They have some smart person on their team that is really 
technically good with numbers, right? They're just naturally good with it. And so they'll start logging into all these systems, pulling out that one variable and putting it in this spreadsheet. And then they mash it up with other variables from other systems. And then they turn it into a digestible format so that you can see trends over time. Or sometimes they'll put in little visuals within it, right? And typically when we work with clients, that's the next step. Uh, until it becomes, it becomes spreadsheet <laughs> hell. <laughs> yeah. Spreadsheet hell is 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 the end result of that like getting so big that it just doesn't work anymore. It's a real place, Fire Nation. Like there's a room that's actually spreadsheet hell. It just it exists in almost every single company. And when you find that room, you need to find also a way to burn that room to the ground and figure out what actually you can do to make things work. And now when you're listening to AJ and Megan like tell these stories and share these things, I want you to be thinking what if I was actually doing these things and my competition is not? I mean, think of that competitive advantage that you have, Fire Nation, when you are tracking the right things, when you're getting the right reports, when your finger's actually on the pulse of what's working with your business. So key, so key. And a phrase that both of you use that I don't understand yet, you actually mentioned one of these words, and I want to kind of dive into it right now, is the data maturity spectrum. So what Mm -hmm. is that and why should business owners pay attention to that spectrum? Great question. Um, The the spectrum is, we've been alluding to it along the way, but there's, there's actionable steps that you can take no matter where you are in your business journey that will lead you to the next level of being more mature with your data. Right. So so we, we alluded to it in the beginning, but it's, you know, first you have to collect the data. Then you have to define what you want to, you know, what KPIs you want to take from that data. Then the next step is you have to automate that. And then once you have the automation and, and the technical term is ETL, extract, transform and load. Once you have automation in that, the next step is then looking at data mastery. Right. And most clients come to us and they're like, ooh. I want artificial intelligence. I want machine learning in my business. And they're not doing basic or or predictive models. I want to be predicting what's coming down the road. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that are 1000% possible. You can do that no matter where you are in this, in, in your business journey. However, in order to get there, you have to take these stepping stepping stones, right? You gotta build so a foundation. Just you like you're building to. a house, you've gotta have a great foundation of data, clean data to build from. And and it really kind of loops back on itself because as you're growing, you're never just, you, you, you master your data where you are now, but as you know, as businesses scale and grow, they're always integrating new technologies, new systems, new standard operating procedures. And as you grow, your data grows as well. And so this is never a journey. Or, I'm sorry, this is never a destination. Yeah, it is it, it's a journey, right? And so a lot of people say, oh, well, yeah, we had that one initiative where we set up these dashboards two years ago. And then nobody's using them. Nobody's taking action from them. And so they don't realize that they have to reevaluate this. And this is a constant cycle that as you're scaling and as you're growing, you're going back to data collection and then automation and then mastery. And then again, data collection, automation, and then mastery, right? And it and it stair steps up as you grow and scale. Does so that does that does that make sense? It makes total sense to me. And Fire Nation, I really hope that you're sitting there like I am, kind of taking notes on these 
different processes and why they make sense and why actually, like I mentioned earlier, they're critical for you to be doing, especially if your competition is not and why you're going to be getting into so much trouble if you're not doing this and your competition is. It's like you're starting a marathon 24 miles behind. Like you're not going to win that race. And one thing that I kind of teased in the intro that I'm excited to get to is the number one mistake that 90% of companies make when they're tracking their revenue. That's coming up, Fire Nation, as, as well as some other value bombs as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. We're all striving towards different goals. Maybe your goal is to get out of debt or quit your job or take your existing business to the next level. Regardless, you're just one funnel away from accomplishing your goal. And with the one funnel away challenge from ClickFunnels, you can get that one funnel live in just 30 days. Here's how it works. Join the one funnel away challenge at eofire.com slash funnel. Every day you'll receive a mission to complete, each mission being a step in the process of creating, building, and launching your funnel. Get ready to rock your funnel with a trifecta training approach, daily training, live coaching, and accountability from day one through day 30. Complete the task given to you every day for 30 days, and by the end of the 30 days, you should have a funnel that is live and ready to generate leads and sales. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel and get daily training, live coaching, and accountability from day one through day 30. That's eofire.com slash funnel. Finding the best software solutions for your business doesn't have to be complicated. With Captera, you can quickly filter options to find the features and pricing you need, compare your top choices side by side, and save your favorites. You can think of Captera as your business ally. It's a free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your unique work needs. Captera allows you to search more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. They also connect you to reviews from people just like you. With over 1 million reviews of products from verified users, you get real feedback from real people. All of this means you get to spend less time trying to find software and more time doing what you do best. Join the millions of people who use Capterra each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit capterra.com slash fire for free today to find the right software choice for your business. That's capterra.com slash fire. Capterra, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A.com slash fire. Capterra, software selection simplified. AJ, Megan, we're back and entrepreneurs in general, they love the three letters LTV, lifetime customer value. Like they just love those three words for all the reasons. But why do you think the generic version of LTV is actually terrible and what we should be doing instead. It is. <laughs> this is yeah. This is a sensitive subject because you know most entrepreneurs are tracking that. Most business owners are tracking that, and they have some sort of formula that they've looked up or been passed down generation to generation, where they have basically this number. And and we come in all the time, and and owners are like, oh yeah, our LTV is. $350. And you're like, uh, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they also use the word average lifetime value. Oh, Lord. Okay, uh-huh. right? So, and, and there we go. And that, that leads us to really what the core problem is with this. Because in, in a scaling business, 
the number one thing that you're trying to do as you scale is understand what's working and what's not working. And you want to do more of what's working and eliminate those areas of waste, eliminate what's not working, right? Now, averages, we say, are inherently evil. (laughs) Most business owners rely on averages across the board, but they're evil because they're taking the highs. The the customers that are worth $2,000 and they're smashing them together with the people who bought that $1 trial offer and who never came back. Yeah. It's almost like being in a room with like 100 people and being like, the average um, overall net worth in this room is like $12 billion. And people are like, what? They're looking around and like, oh, there's Warren Buffett. And like, that's the average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Yeah, it's yeah. totally skewed. And and the problem is most business owners or, you know, the C-suite, they're not data people, right? And that's that's not their job. They never went to school to do this, but they don't understand how things like averages or things like, you know, these outliers can really, they it, it tells a story. And if you're not looking at it the right way, it can tell a story that you could take action from that can mm-hmm. really ultimately hurt your business. And so what we really want to do is to peel back the layers so that we can tell the aspects of the story. So with lifetime value as a specific example, it's really helpful to show lifetime value over time. Imagine, you know, so a cohort is a a group, okay? Imagine the group of people who bought from your business for the first time this month. Do you think that they had a different customer journey, a different user experience, and a different indoctrination series than the people who bought from you three years ago? Totally. Oh, yeah. For sure. You're constantly evolving, constantly changing. And so those customers will have a different purchasing pattern, a different sequence of events that they go through. So if I were to compare them to the people from three years ago, I would expect them to have very different stories. So that's one variable that could grossly impact LTV. So what we like to do is break down LTV in these different variables so that you can slice it out and tell real stories. So the first slice is cohorts of your customer's first purchase month. So now I can see the people who bought in you know, January of 2017, I can now see their entire story. Let's say we had 3,000 customers from January 2017, and within their first day, or on their first order, their average order value was $30. And within 90 days, they were worth $100. And within, you know, 160 days, they were worth $300. And then I'm comparing that to customers who just bought from me this month. Now I'm running, you know, like this month was weird because of Cyber Monday was in December, right? right? So it's going to totally skew your numbers. And so by looking at these cohorts, you can tell a very strong story of, well, A, are the changes that I'm making in my business having a positive or negative impact on my customer's lifetime value? If my customers from three years ago were worth $30 on day one, and now they're worth $50 on day one, I would want to know that. And I would want to know if that's if that trend was going up or worse, if it's going down, because these changes and these optimizations that I'm making within our organization are not yielding the positive the results that I'm hoping they are right? And you might be skewing your average up because you're taking into account old habits, old marketing, old efforts that are really not trending down instead. So cohorts over time is extremely important with LTV. The other variable that's very important to slice out is what was their first 
what was their first product that they purchased? So a lot of our clients have flagship products, right? They've got that main car seat that is their core, core offering. Offer. Yeah. And then they've got all these ancillary products, right? A lot of brands operate that way. And if they come to you and they buy an ancillary product first, you'd better believe they have a very different LTV than those who bought the core product, Big right? Uh, or we work a lot with, you know, even smaller organizations that are coaches where they've got a $10,000 mastermind versus, you know, a $5,000 ongoing court, you know, coaching and then a $200 course, right? So looking at all of the different kind of paths that these customers could take and what yields the highest lifetime value, right? Which customers are worth the most based on where they came from? That's another variable. Yep. Source data, like, are you looping in your marketing efforts with your LTV to determine, well, the customers who first came in through a Facebook ad, they might have been worth less on day one, but if they yielded in six months, they were a raving fan and they bought your entire suite of products, that would be valuable to know. And you can't know that just looking at Facebook data, right? You have to join this all together to tell the full holistic story. And so when people come to me and say, oh, my LTV is at $350, it's like, okay, so let's <laughs> let's break that down. And that's just one metric. Now, Fire Nation, this is a lot to take in, obviously, but guess what? It takes a lot to win. So that's why you need to be taking notes here. You need to be listening to AJ and Megan. Like You need to be learning from them even more so after this interview is done. Like Go find out you know, what trainings they have. Go find out you know, what content they have around these topics because this is how you're going to set a process in your business that moves you towards success. And the sooner you plant this seed, the better. Like, yes, I'm sure it would have been a lot lot better if you had done this 20 years ago, just like it's best to plant a tree 20 years ago. But the next best time is to plant that seed today. Make it happen now. And I tease Fire Nation both in the intro and right before the break, because this is just one thing that I know they're really interested about, is the number one mistake that 90, that's 90, 90% of companies make when they're tracking revenue. So can you guys break that down for us? This is tracking Okay, this is using UTM codes and tracking every single marketing effort that is out there. We're talking blog posts, we're talking social posts, we're emails. talking emails, we're talking every single ad, every single ad that's on Facebook or on any of them. So if you put a, a tracking code that is specific to that, that action, it's very detailed, it's very tedious, but the more you do this, the clearer source data you're going to have, which answers the question, where are my best customers coming from? Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the mistake people make is, oh yeah, well, yeah, we use UTMs, uh, but there's no, no, there's no naming uh, conventions. There's no like consistent naming conventions. So, um, and I'll kind of explain it. It's hard to do not visually, but the UTM codes or some people use affiliate tracking codes are made up of these syntax, these like different IDs. So for example, if I have a Christmas sale going on um, that's coming up, then I'm going to have a, a campaign called, you know, Christmas sale or whatever. And then it's going to be like, oh, it's through the um, uh, through medium of email. And the, I can put the subject line in there under the content. So you can put these little defining IDs in each of these links so that you can really narrow down and get really granular about what worked. So that's the that's the actual use of these um, these UTM tags. Well, and and the reason this is important is is the key buzzword, which is attribution. Yep. Right. 
how do I properly attribute the amount of revenue that is coming in to these different efforts? And I want to make sure that it's not just revenue. It's also leads. It's also lead gen. We mm-hmm. need to know where the leads are coming from and where the sales are coming from. Correct. But a lot of a lot of companies that we work with, they're relying on, you know, the I would say the default views, which are last click attribution, right? And they're just they're looking at, oh, well, this person ended up clicking on this ad. And so I'm gonna attribute one hundred percent of their revenue to that one ad, right? And if your tracking is not in place, going back to what AJ is saying, if you can't track that customer's journey back from their last click all the way to their first click through the use of UTMs, you know, pixels. There's several different things that you can do in order to set up tracking accurately. But the problem is most clients that we work with, they come in and they're like, oh, I want to know first click attribution, or I want to be able to compare these different attribution models. And their data is broken. Their tracking is broken. Or the data is just not there. Yeah, They're just not tracking the right thing. So you can't make up data. Yeah. Right. So, so we have to make sure that every single action that's going out there is being tracked and pulled in one place and that someone on the team is owning that process and is organized in that process. Yeah. And that it's being constantly audited because like we said, a lot of our clients end up hiring, you know, four to seven different marketing agencies for different aspects. Mm. And then none of them are really talking to each other. So they're all using different tracking techniques. So they all have their own standard operating procedures, which is great. Like good for them. Kudos. They need to have that. But you as the business entity need to define your own standard operating procedures and tracking procedures. And then you need to audit this consistently to make sure that every new hire, every intern, every person that touches, and this is just on the marketing side, right? We're not even dealing with, you know, we've got a lot of omni-channel clients that also deal with retail. And we'll talk about that in a second because that's a whole different attribution type. But <laughs> but it's really, you know, one of the biggest things is that people just track revenue and then they do not reverse engineer every dollar back to the attributable source. Well, one thing I want to jump in here and talk about is for you, Fire Nation, hearing AJ and Megan talk about this, one of your next hires, if you're running into these issues, needs to be that one person, that individual that they're talking about that becomes the point of no return, like all ends with that individual. It is that person's sole job to make sure that everything that AJ and Megan are talking about here today is being utilized in the best possible capacity. Because if no one's sole job is to do this, it's just going to fall through the cracks. Things are going to happen. You need to make sure that you are investing in your business with the right areas. And this is one of those right areas where one person has their 100% focus, 100% finger on the pulse of this part of your business. So one thing I do want to talk about, because we don't have a ton of time left. I think this is a really important topic, and that's data privacy and why you found over the years and through the data that you've been pulling up that owning your own data is so important. So speak to those two things. Oh, really good point, man. This is, it's crazy because it's up to this point, it was the wild, wild west with data. (laughs) I got you to say data. Yes. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like literally it was every like every company was doing different things, right? There were there were no rules, there were no regulations. And so it was really the, the whole Cambridge Analytica thing was possible because there was no regulation on this. And, and the people that had access to data could do whatever they want with it, right? Now with, I mean, literally this is perfect timing because 
we've got CCPA that just came out. GDPR is, you know, has been in effect for a couple of years now. There are like the, especially in the U.S., there are states that are start to domino their own regulations when it comes to data. And so it is, it, it's crazy how important it is to own your own data. So here's a, here's a very simple example that should resonate with everyone. Um, Amazon, for example, and Facebook, those two are some big players when it comes to data. Amazon in the past used to allow you as an Amazon store owner to extract, you know, exports of your customer base, who purchased, when they purchased, what they purchased. Over time, that has limited. And so now it's gotten to the point where you cannot extract customers' email addresses. Even though they're your customers, they bought from you, you cannot extract that out via the API, right? And so you have to do things like, you know, look at their uh, shipping address or their name or different aspects in order to see if they've also purchased from your Shopify store, right? And so they're over time, they're getting more and more strict with the data that they end up allowing you to take out. For example, Facebook. Facebook used to allow you to pull all sorts of data, gender, all of this, all of this data. like demographic data. And then one day their API changed and they cut that out and they stopped sharing this important information. So in the old days, marketers really had this huge story that they could tell with all this data and really track things through, then hyper-target accordingly. Now it's starting to become more and more and more narrowed, which means you do not and will not have as much data as has been available in the past. So if you do not own this data, you will not be able to get this data in the future from these technologies. These technologies own the data yep. and they are allowing you to, they're sharing it with you, right? But if you have your own systems in place, you need to be collecting things on the back end that you own and that will never go away. And so a lot of our clients, like they need to be making, not not just connecting into Facebook via API, but also doing a, a storage, right? Mm -hmm. Backing this data up and using a data warehouse to have all of their historical data all stored so that one day when those APIs turn off, you still have that historical data. Yeah, and one good example is this. Um, and we went through this on ourselves in our own uh, Airbnb business. But for example, uh, we're wanting to start a, a group, a Facebook group. So if you're starting a group or wanting mm. to do build something on a platform like a Facebook, well, let's say you build that up, you have a thousand people, 2000 people in there and it's cranking away. And for some reason, maybe it's a curse word or a data change or something goes on, Facebook can close that group and you do not own that data. All that work, everything you did is gone. This can happen on multiple platforms because they own the data. But in, in our case, we're looking at outside um, programs that applications, cool websites that do this same thing, but allow us to own the data. It means we can pull, we can extract, it, we can do anything we want to it, and they are not going to shut us out. Mm -hmm. This is the difference. So not only is owning your data important when you're getting limited data from these platforms or these places where it lives, but also making your choice when you're choosing technology that, that hey, am I going to be able to own this data? Or when you flip a switch, am I, am I out of luck? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Makes a ton of sense. And Fire Nation, I mean, this is where it comes down to you being in control of your business because so many things are always changing. All the examples that AJ and Megan gave, but I mean, 
Instagram flip switches, Facebook flip switches, Amazon, as they've mentioned multiple times, they flip switches because you know what? The world is changing, things are changing, but guess what? People can't flip switches on content that you are completely owning, that you've been able to build a moat around. And let me be honest, AJ and Megan, you guys have dropped a ton of value. I mean, this is going to be one of those episodes that people send me like screenshots of all the notes that they've taken because it's just so many great points. I can just actually see this episode being played right now in a boardroom of a company because they just know that everybody on their marketing team needs to be listening to these words. So do this for us kind of wrap this up with a bow. What's one big overall takeaway, a theme that you want to make sure everybody listening really gets from what we're talking about here today? Give us a call to action about where we can go to learn more from the two of you on everything that you're doing and creating so we can keep taking this to the next level and actually implement this into our business. And then we'll say goodbye. Nice. I think the biggest takeaway is no matter what industry you're in, no matter how big or small your revenues, there is something that you can do right now to become more data driven. And if it's if you're small, that number one thing is start collecting the data. If you're large, then it's do what we call metrics mapping. It's reverse engineering your business questions down into KPIs and then looking at, well, where would I get this data from in my systems? You can do a gap analysis to see, do I have the data or do I need to start tracking it in a different way? And if I do have the data, the next step would be, how do I automate this to a digestible format to where my team can see this and know exactly what actions they should take with it throughout the day? Right. No matter where you are on this spectrum, there is something that you can do. Even the most mature companies that come to us, some of them aren't using predictive analytics for inventory. Right. And looping that back into promotions that they've done historically. Right. There's always something that you can do, whether it's, you know, getting new technologies and new systems, whether it's, you know, really taking the stuff that you're already doing and optimizing it. Um, there's always something that you can do. So I would, I would encourage you guys to do an audit. Where are we now? And what would we need to get to the next level? And if you don't know how to do that, that's something that we've got on our website, but we can also, we can also help with that process. Whether or not you choose to work with our data agency is totally fine. What we want to do is we want to make sure that we're educating companies to go and make sure they know exactly what they need to do. And a lot of times we'll get on calls with clients and we go and give them an entire list of things to go and do before they can work with us. And then they come back a year later, right? So we just encourage you to, to really take a step back and work on the business, not necessarily in the business. And we've used a lot of marketing examples because it's the sexy stuff that's really top of mind for most businesses. It's the marketing and sales. But think about this also internally, in your operations, in your inventory, your supply chain, in finance, in all aspects of the business, because you may be more data-driven and you probably are in your marketing and sales and then you have big holes in other areas of the business that are really keeping you and holding you back from getting to that next level. AJ, take us home, brother. Well, I was just going to say now is the time. E even if you don't have a data budget, 
I think investing time, energy, and money in something small and simple like collecting data right is the most important thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. And again, Megan said, like, we are here to help you create what we call a data roadmap. Let's look at the next year, two, three, four years and what you need to be doing at these certain places to graduate up that data maturity spectrum. And you can come learn more about us at praxismetrics.com forward slash fire. That's P-R-A-X-I-S. M-E-T-R-I-C-S dot com forward slash fire. Oh, and by the way, exclusively for the Fire Nation, um, we're going to do something really special, and that is give you guys a, an extra bonus hour on top of our 60-minute data uh, strategy call. So we're, we usually do like one full hour with our uh, with our, our prospects to just say like, hey, look, here's the data roadmap. Here's the Here are the questions we need to ask to understand your business, but we're going to throw on another extra bonus of of time where we're going to go deeper into your business, but also like go through a little bit of our metrics mapping process and really help you start getting familiar with like the exact next step. So it's two hours instead of one just for the Fire Nation. Fire Nation, if 2020 isn't your best year ever, don't blame me. Don't blame AJ. Don't blame Megan. We are literally giving you the tools that you need. I mean, a two hour call with these individuals. I mean, a bonus hour on top of their hour call. I mean, this Fire Nation is something you need to be looking at. Praxismetrics.com slash fire. So AJ, Megan, thank you so much for sharing your truth, your value bombs with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by AJ and Megan. And Fire Nation, I know that you understand how podcasts ignite your business, but it's the planning, the creating, the collaborating with the guests, the producing and distributing. Take it from me. Podcasting can be intense. That's why I am fired up for you to check out Oxbus. Oxbus has an end-to-end podcast creation platform for entrepreneurs just like you. Visit oxbus.com slash JLD today and you can try it for free. That's A-U-X-B-U-S, oxbus.com slash JLD. Boom, I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Simplify your search for the right software for your business with Captera. Quickly filter options, compare your top choices, and save your favorites. It's really that simple. Visit capterra.com slash fire to get started. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. The One Funnel Away Challenge from ClickFunnels supports you from day one through day 30 to help you get your funnel live in just 30 days. Join the next One Funnel Away Challenge for just $100 at eofire.com slash funnel. That's eofire.com slash funnel.